lift to school in your broken down stick shift. Let's turn your way in, I'll bet you'd like it. Indie rock blasting on your speakers. Windows down so everyone can hear. Step out of the car and the sun hit your hair. So much gel, I go blind from the glare. Showed up to me in these skinny tan jeans. Kiss my hand, but it doesn't mean a thing. You're a Welcome back, everybody. It is episode 92 of the Narrative Podcast from thenarrativenow.com. I am Joshua Stanley, a filmmaker and the director here at Narrative. Uh, and here with me in our Lancaster, Pennsylvania studios, we have filmmaker, writer, and our content producer, Maya Anderson. Guys, we're back. <laughs> in real life. It's, it is our first episode back with both of us in the studio for a long time. Um, and joining us for the whole show is singer and songwriter from Utah, with a beautiful mix of alternative R&B, soul, and pop. She is also the VP and host of Social Antidote, and she's here with us today, Bree Ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so glad we're able to connect. So for people who don't really know who you are or what you do, how do you normally describe yourself or say, hey, this is what I do? Sure, yeah. The most high-level, easy explanation is I am a singer-songwriter, performing artist. So that is what I do. And then I'm involved with several different projects within the music industry and then also just within the marketing world. That's awesome. So how did you get to kind of where you are? Like, I definitely want to talk about, like, current stuff that's been happening. I'm curious on your thoughts and perspectives. But I also am curious, how did you get to be singer-songwriter, doing market like how'd you get to where you are now what was your your beginning like <laughs> sure. yeah yeah so i wrote my first song when i was eight years old and then um i've just been writing ever since then so i took a trip out to nashville when i was 14 did a bunch of writing out there and started releasing music professionally when i was 15 um and then since that time Music has taken me kind of all over and became the first ever presidential scholar in the arts in the singer-songwriter discipline, which is cool, and um, participated in a lot of events for the Young Arts Foundation, Um, and then now I'm working on some solo projects, an EP coming out next summer, and some singles leading up to that. Um, And then as far as marketing goes, I just taught myself marketing and PR because of the music that I was doing and wanted to right. promote myself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then that has kind of branched off into a different vertical of my life that um, includes lots of marketing and PR for online courses, ed tech, fintech, things like that. So yeah. kind of two very different aspects of my life. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's it's interesting how they're all kind of connected together. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like as creatives, that's always how it goes. Like we always have a thousand things going on, but they're always somehow connected to whatever art we're working on, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So um, tell me about um, Social Antidote. What what was that all about? Where did that grow out of? And yeah, what does it look like sure. now? Sure. So that actually originated from my really good friend Norbert, um, he's an incredible bassist, producer. It's, it's his idea, it's his baby. So Social Antidote, basically the root of the project is to provide a stage for and a way 
basically a fund for musicians during this time because COVID-19 has canceled so many of our gigs, right? Right. And so this was kind of a baby dream that turned into much bigger things, way faster than we ever expected. Um, and Norbert is the head <laughs> of that. And he oversees pretty much all of it. And the goal is to have a substantial fund for musicians and artists to draw from during times like the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. That's really amazing. I remember seeing, yeah, different artists popping up saying, hey, I'm going to be on Social Antidote. And, and I was like, oh, what is this thing? And like seeing more and more people kind of connect and share. And I think it's a really yeah. cool especially in this time when mm -hmm. everyone is struggling or trying to figure out what to do in this time. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been, it's been really, really great. So. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what has <laughs> COVID-19 era <laughs> looks like for you? I'll tell you what, 2020 really hit us with it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <2020. laughs> 2020 really came in with some heat and fury. Um, but honestly, I think 2020 has been an incredible and a beautiful year as far as a shift of energy in the world and mm. overall change and growth and all the things that come with pain and suffering and hardships and trials and recognizing right. and learning and all these things, right? But it just leads to change and growth into a better world for everybody. So 2020... I think it's still going to be our year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely wasn't the year we were expecting, but... <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Um, but yeah, but personally, 2020 so far has been a whirlwind of emotions and ups and downs. And um, we've seen so many opportunities for people to come together. And I have connected with so many beautiful human beings, mm. all while social distancing, which is incredible in and of itself right and so um i think with the pandemic and kind of bringing everyone back to earth and recognizing that mm. we're all humans and we're so small in the great aspect of everything right. um i think that was a beautiful thing and then i also think the amount of people coming together for the black lives matter movement is astounding mm, and beautiful and absolutely incredible yeah, yeah. it has definitely been um amazing to see um like how people reacted to to everything you know you really see we yeah. talked about this right when covid started like you're really seeing what people are really made of and with um the whole black lives matter uh movement that that got this re like new life in this time um it's been amazing to see um, all of that as well how have you like as a like a creative how have you tied into these times is this influence the way you write influence the way you connect like like what does this look like for you I think initially with the pandemic I just started writing a lot more because I was home more <laughs> right and so that that was a shift in itself but um as far as the way I create I have collaborated so much more in the last few months than I did I think all last year oh, wow. which wow. is so crazy because last year I could go and hang out with people and collaborate in person and then this year I'm not <laughs> but, <Right. laughs> um, but I ended up collaborating more which has been interesting um, and so I think that has been a beautiful part of my creative 
process so far in 2020 mm. is the amount of different artists and creators that have come into my circle and we've worked on projects together and just created some magic with each other. And so um, I'm grateful for that, for sure. I also think for me, I've had, I've like had a little fire lit underneath me um, <laughs> yep. of just wanting to get more music out and right. more voices out. And we just need, we need more voices. We need more positivity. We need more music. So Absolutely. That's such an amazing thing, like talking about how much you were able to collaborate because you weren't able to see people in real life. Yeah. Like taking stock of that has been a big thing. Has this influenced the, the EP that's coming out? Um, Kind of. It's mostly affected the amount of people working on the project <laughs> as yeah. far as collaboration goes. So that's the main thing it's influenced. I would say my focus for the EP has shifted as far as um, the vibe of music. I want most of the EP to be pretty upbeat and uplifting, um, which my like heart, my soul food is ballads. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my love and my passion. Just put me up there with the piano and I'll just belt out a ballad for you real quick. <laughs> um, Can we give you a so... now? <laughs> <laughs> so the faster, the faster songs have are not as easy for me they don't just flow out of me like that so right. um that's been a shift because i feel like the world needs something they can dance to a little bit uh so that's <laughs> that's what we're working on i i'm excited to kind of be able to see some of that um i'm really excited to see like um like what this next era of music looks like because it feels like always when there's turmoil in the world the next era of music becomes something amazing and new um uh, to right. connect people and i'm excited to see what that looks like um just across our world uh, there's so many artists i'm following and i'm like i cannot wait to hear what like what you you're gonna say next or or Same. what we're gonna look like or what a collaboration is gonna look like post 2020 i think it's gonna be so different than anything we we thought we knew before oh absolutely absolutely I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. When you sit down to write, like when you're sitting down to work on these EPs or to collaborate with someone, what what does the process look like for you? What are you, what are you like do you have like I want to make sure I talk about this specific issue or this specific topic or I want to like or is it a feeling or is it just you wake up in the middle of the night and you know what <laughs> the next song is going to be, you know? Yeah, you know what? It honestly changes every time for me. Recently, it's been mostly either starting with a chord progression or beat or starting with um, a topic and idea. Mm. Um, I have had plenty of experiences waking up in the middle of the night and I have a whole song ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so that does happen, but more recently, it's been um, I start with a chord progression or a beat and then um, go from there or I start with an overall idea and topic and then go from there. Mm. Have you had any, um, like, I know there's been so many moments in 2020, but has there been any specific one that you've experienced and then just had this need to be like, I need to go write a song now. I have to have my voice heard about this. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I actually just barely had, I've had a few of those moments for sure. 
Um, one of which was immediately following um, when I found out about the death of George Floyd and mm. those emotions. Um, another was I spoke at an event um, in Provo, Utah, just telling kind of my story growing up black in Utah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And following that event was another moment where I needed an emotional outlet to just create and sit and write and express some things. And then um, I had a moment last night, actually, where um, I'm working on a project called Project Black Girl right now. And I had a photo shoot for it yesterday. And we were in this beautiful area and a beautiful space. And all the women were just gorgeous. And it was an incredible, creative, um, really just pure event. And um, I left feeling like just inspired and just light and ready to create and continue that energy. So those were a few for me that <laughs> really drove the creative in me. Yeah. Let him use you. Let him whistle at you on the street. He's got needs too. And you're nothing but a fresh piece on me. As a woman. I'm a woman. Just how do you tie in a topic so heavy like the death of George Floyd or um, like feminist issues that are so important to talk about? But how do you process those emotions into something that people will be able to connect with or to a song or to, you know, a photo like a project like you're working on there? Right, right. Um, so that's actually can be really, really tricky. And sometimes it's easy for me and sometimes it's harder. I have a song called... Um, holding that I wrote after my father had a stroke and it doesn't necessarily talk about like the actual topic of a stroke right or um or the fact that I felt like my dad was half gone like he had half died because he was no longer the same person and now he couldn't talk and he couldn't walk but he was still alive right and so it's like this weird combination there Um, And so I had a lot of emotions, but I ended up writing this song called Holding, and it really doesn't explain that story at all. All it talks about is how sometimes holding on to things of the past, it does not help you move forward with your future, right? And that's not to say forget everything from the past, forget everything from, um, like, forget all your memories, whether they're good or bad, no. But it's just kind of a self-awareness to understand what you can hold on to without holding yourself back. Um, And so I wrote it from that perspective of a very generic kind of idea. Um, And it came across really well and ended up expressing a lot of the emotions that I had. Um, Mm. And then I have a song called woman that is out on Spotify. um, And that came out late last year. And um, that one tells the story of when I was sexually assaulted and, um, Again, that one doesn't necessarily go into detail, but it mostly just talks about the disrespect of women. And towards the end of the song, um, I didn't feel like lyrically I had said enough within within the song. Mm -hmm. So I I worked with my producer, Joshi Soul, and we ended up adding in a section at the end that I did spoken word over, Mm -hmm. which I had never done before. But... 
it was crucial to kind of complete the message of the song, if that makes sense. And so for me, as far as creative process goes for difficult topics, I think the most important thing is to not box it into, it has to be this way. It has to say this, it has to do this, but to just go purely off of the emotion of it because emotions are similar regardless of situation, if that makes sense. Like emotion of pain, emotions of anger, right? Like, all kinds of emotions, they can come from all different situations, all different places, but mm-hmm. the emotion is still the same, right? right? And so I think writing towards that emotion that we're feeling ends up allowing more people to relate to um, relate to the music, and then we can tell the story behind the song and things like that as much as we want. Right. You, you can always feel an emotion, but you can't always connect with a specific story, and I think it's a really powerful right. way to share those things. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I mean, sharing vulner- <laughs> I, I can't, I'm not a musician. Um, I, I'm a filmmaker, but I can't imagine sharing like those type of really intimate moments like, like you do. And it's so powerful. And it's, I'm so thankful for people who are able to do that. Another thing I'm, I'm kind of curious about, um, we're both faith-based artists and I'm just curious, how do you tie, you know, your faith into the type of work that you do? Um, like, is it intentional? Is it like just an outpouring of who you are, how you grew up or, or what does that look like for you? My Mima, my dad's mom, she was the pianist and like choir director and all this stuff in um, her Baptist church. Okay. And so her and my father have been incredible musical inspirations for me. Mm. And I remember growing up, my Mima would always tell me anytime I had any kind of success or um, big break per se, um, <laughs> and I would call and tell her about it and we would celebrate. And then she would say, make sure you thank God because he gave you that voice and he can take it away. And so um, that has kind of been my like iron rod you could say <laughs> i guess or whatever you want <laughs> like my little path of light that i try to stay within um and i just try to always remember that and infuse that into everything i do is that um what i have is not mine mm. and it has been given and can be removed and um just to remember who i am and where where i came from and um so I wouldn't necessarily, like, I don't necessarily do a ton of direct faith-based music or anything like right. that, but I do try to infuse, I would say, um, feelings of peace and of love and acceptance and joy into right. my brand overall um, and into my music as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's so powerful. I don't think we need to say Jesus every other word for it to to influence and show the love of the love of god you know the, agreed um one thing uh i'm kind of curious i know i've been sharing a lot in this time with all of the you know the george floyd and even covid19 which somehow got politicized um, sh- um sharing I've been sharing a lot of, you know, anti-racist, anti-homophobic stuff. Um, yeah. And I've gotten a lot of people uh, responding to these things from faith 
communities about how I'm wrong or how I shouldn't be sharing these things. And I am sure I am a tiny fish in comparison to the number of people who have probably reached out to you the same thing. And I'm just curious, what does your response look like to that? Or um, how do you interact with people who are faith-based, come from a faith background, but kind of have these um, other views, you know? Sure. Um, I'll be honest, as of now, I delete their messages. <laughs> I don't read them. <laughs> I don't read them. I don't respond. Um, in the beginning, I gave it a lot of time and a lot of energy. And I just, mm. as I reflected on that, um, it just was bringing too, too much negativity and pain to, to me, mm. um, and it re- like it was really hurtful for me to have people who I grew up with or went to church with or right like did all these things with and right. have them reaching out to me directly and being like, well, you shouldn't support Black Lives Matter because they're just in it for the money or right. like all lives matter. Like I can't believe you know what I mean. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, yes. okay, well, um, I'm gonna excuse you on that and you can take that up with God when you get there because. <laughs> <laughs> right. When I asked my guy, he said black lives matter, yo. Right. <laughs> so, um, so as of now, I just, I just don't give it my energy and my right. time. I think there are places and people, um, and times worth educating. Um, mm-hmm. and at this point where I am at personally, just in taking my own energy and my own heart and soul into account, I just don't, it's not my place to try to convince them that God loves me the same as them. Right. So, and why that is okay. And what, right. So, right. Yeah. So for me right now, I delete that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, you can only drain yourself so much yelling into something that isn't going to even really listen most likely. Right. Uh, Right. And I think, I think too, like there's plenty, plenty of, examples of the word of God falling on deaf ears, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm like, not to compare anything that I'm saying to the word of God, heaven forbid, but um, just, just in the sense of there's people will always have their time to learn. And right right now there are a lot of questions being asked only so people can have the opportunity to give a defensive answer. Right. And that's not the mindset of growth and of learning. Mm. And so um, I'm very particular of who I respond to. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's so important just for your mental health. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you. That was very helpful for me to hear right now because I'm very <laughs> tired of DM trolls. <laughs> yes, it's exhausting. I don't think people understand how exhausting it can be, but it really is. It can be. And to just have a glimpse into the extent of what online messages can do to someone is yeah yeah i think it's important to yeah just share the love and let people make their decisions and (laughs) talk themselves out but also if i had a can of people repellent to spray i might be using that (laughs) in love but i might might spray it a lot Well, it's not like these issues are new issues and it's not like it's new that the church or Christians can be behind on a lot of these things they probably shouldn't be behind on. Um, So just trying to figure out how to navigate the balance of 
well, these are things that should be talked about, but also their mind is never going to be changed. And they're not saying any of this out of love <laughs> is, is a difficult line to balance. It is. And I think something that I have been really trying to remember as I come across these conversations and these comments and messages is that so many people around me right now are going through, I would say, a crisis of faith <laughs> mm. um, yeah. because this organization that they have clung right. to and believed in and like vouched for for so long now has some things that need to be cleaned up, right? Mm. And whereas like, cool, the word of God is perfect, Jesus is perfect, blah, 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 organizations are not. Right. <laughs> and, um, but it's a hard reality and waking up from a state of ignorance is really painful yeah. and it hurts right. a lot. And so, um, and I've talked to some of my friends who are going through this currently and it is, it's waking up and understanding like, okay, I thought I was not racist, but I am full of microaggressions and right. I am full of X, Y, Z. And I tend to do this and behave this way. And that's now unsettling for me because right. I have a better understanding of what's right and wrong and what I'm actually doing. Right. And that's a painful realization to come to, to understand like, Oh, I may have been acting in a way that was hurtful to someone without knowing that it was hurtful, but it still was hurtful, even though that wasn't my intent. Right. Right. As good people that hurts, that sucks. Right. right? Yeah. And so I try to keep that in mind as I come across these messages and those conversations is that, Right. Pretty much the entire world is hurting right now, <laughs> not just black lives, right? right? I mean, black lives are definitely on fire burning, and it's time for us to just, <laughs> right. like, can we fix that? Can we put that fire Like, right, um, it's time. It's well past time, right? However, there there are a lot of people waking up to um, a side of them they didn't know that they had, and that's a painful realization. Absolutely. Yeah, I've super valued the people who have reached out and been like, Hey, I'm in a season like you're saying. I'm in a season of deconstruction. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. what should I be doing? Like I I'm in uncharted waters now. My yeah. church says A, B, or C, but I'm realizing that that is not what Jesus said. So what do I do? Yeah. And yeah, I just respect people who are able to get to that point and say, okay, I it's okay that I'm in this deconstruction phase and it's okay that yeah. I was wrong and I need to apologize, you know? Because some of us have been de deconstructing for like probably the past couple of years and have right. a little bit of a jump start on our like, okay, maybe we're figuring out it out a little bit better. Right. But other people, this is the year where they really had to wake up to everything they, they had been blind to their entire lives. And it's right. like they're it's like they're finally looking at their house and going, oh, crap there's a thousand cosmetic issues and the ceiling is caving in and there's mold everywhere and how did I not see this before and it's like you have to recognize the fact that just because that this is the hypothetical church where all these flaws exist doesn't mean that the foundations aren't still strong we just right. have to go right. in and tear down the drywall and clean out the mold right. and put it up and put new paint on right exactly and remember the core of why we do what we do is ultimately out of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keep uh, the foundation, the core the same and just give it a new paint job. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking a nice yellow, something yes. nice. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So, so what does, 
I mean, we don't really know what the rest of 2020 and 2021 is really going to look like at this point. But but right. what is what are your plans? What do you what are you thinking? Yes. So um, I foresee some singles <laughs> coming out later this year. Um, <laughs> And then I tentatively have some shows and um, a festival scheduled. But again, like live shows, it just is so up in the air. So we'll see as we approach fall if those come through or if we're going to have to cancel those. But um, yeah, but lots of new music coming out. Lots of just content, content collaborations, new music, all the things. So 2020 will still be busy. It'll still be full, but. Maybe not live show full. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Just a very different type of full. Exactly. That we're learning exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's the best way for our audience to connect with you, to connect with the projects you're working on, um, and, and all of that? Sure. So my main platform, I am on all social media platforms under the same username, but you will find me most often on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and my username is the Brie Ray, so that's just the like the T-H-E and then B-R-I-R-A-Y. And then you can also find my music on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, whatever tickles your fancy on where you like to listen to music I am there. <laughs> and then my website is just thebreeray.com so super easy pretty much the same across the board perfect makes it easy <laughs> thank you so much this was awesome um, no problem uh it's so been so awesome that even though we're all quarantined we've been able to connect with so many cool people um across, across yeah. the u.s <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah um so thank you so much yeah. um i know you're busy but i was so glad we we're able to connect this is awesome me too me too yeah. thanks so this much this has been an awesome episode and i was so glad we were able to connect um don't forget you can connect with brie on all social media platforms um at at the brie ray and we'll put all the links to her her music her projects um on our podcast episode page on our website at the narrativenow.com and we will be sharing all of her stuff on our instagram at the narrative now and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app and if you like the show please leave us a review it actually helps us a ton and until next time i'm joshua stanley i'm maya anderson and this has been episode 92 of the narrative podcast i don't think you'll ever see how much you really mean to me just know you do know you do my sweet things